Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the CEO Story. And we've got a great one today. We've got a fellow entrepreneurs organization member, uh, Alex, joining us. Alex Feldman is the founder and CEO of a really cool company called Alexander Das. And they specialize in eyewear. So uh, we both need that right now, as you can see. We're both wearing that. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we've got we've just been talking off screen and we've got a lot of uh, friends in common and we're in the same part of the world, relatively close, at least San Diego and L.A. So we've got a great episode that we're going to dig into. Uh, Alex, do you want to start just by telling us a little bit about the company, how it started, what it's doing, and then we can dig into the history and the nuggets from there. Yeah, um, Alexander Doss is a high-end luxury eyewear brand. We have retail stores in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego, and Del Mar. And we have our eyewear brand, which we distribute to other uh, independent boutique optical retailers. Um, and you know, our, our whole, just the, the entire thing with our brands, with our brand is just all about quality and experience um, in the stores, creating that uh, luxury styling experience and helping people select the right eyewear and doing you know, wonderful, you know, great lens work to match it so that people have, you know, the, the best optics out of their lenses. Um, and I, uh, I kind of grew up into the industry and the business. The San Francisco store was originally my parents' store. And I uh, grew up around it and at one point took over, bought it out and started expanding from there. I launched the eyewear line out of the San Francisco store many, many, many years ago. And uh, then we expanded south and started opening up stores in Southern California. Fantastic. So it sounds like a family of eyewear professionals, and you've kind of taken it to the next level uh, by expanding and kind of growing the business. So what initially got you into the family business? Let's start there. Well, I, I grew up around it. My, you know, ever since I was like 12 years old, I was always, you know, being pulled into to helping with inventory or, you know, bookkeeping stuff. And so I just, I just, I it was always something I was around. Uh, and I really learned to love eyewear, uh, you know, just the frames and, you know, especially doing inventory. I, you know, got real close with the, the different frame brands and the different materials. And it always fascinated me. And so, after college, I ended up doing uh, biopsychology for my major in college. Would I emphasized a lot of vision science stuff, and I, at one point, thought about even maybe becoming an eye doctor. But I was always more interested in the business side of things and the you know the the, the fashion and frame side of it. So I ended up refocusing to that. But I, um, you know, got involved in the business on a deeper level after college and was working with my dad for a couple of years until he um, finally retired. Fantastic. It was great. It's great that your family so close that you were kind of brainwashed into it at a young age, did different sections of it. So you see what you liked and didn't like, and then took it to the next level. Cause by the sounds of it, you guys have grown not only your iframe brand, competing with these big brands like Tom Ford and all the other big, amazing names in eyewear, you know, Wobby Parker, we saw went from nothing into this multi-billion dollar company. It's uh, is definitely a great industry to be in. How do you see it changing over the next few years? 
Uh, well, uh, one of the big changes right now is the online presence. Um, I, I'm in a like small segment of the eyewear industry. So we're in the, like the boutique independent, uh, brand segment and in our, you know, micro world of the eyewear industry online was always a big no, no, because, you know, it's, it's always been about exclusivity and making sure that, uh, clients, you know, when, when they're, when they're getting into these eyewear brands, that they're really treated properly, you know, in person with an optician to make sure the, the quality from A to Z and, you know, the, from, from adjustments to the proper lens fittings was always, you know, up to par. And you can't really do that online, but, you know, since COVID happened, it's kind of changed the dynamics and a lot of brands have started going online now and they're allowing more, uh, you know, more of the product to go online. So it's become a little bit more of an open field. And I think that that's going to just become, you know, more and more uh, a thing in our industry, which it wasn't before. But at the same time, I don't think it can replace that in-person experience. But what we're doing is we we launched an eyewear, um, like our online site to mimic the in-person experience we deliver online. And so we actually, uh, CNN just uh, wrote a story about shopping online with us. They secret shopped us and talked about the experience and we got some good results out of it. So Fantastic. That's always good to know. And you... you- my perspective is you're a very trendy brand as well. Like the areas in which you have selected for your locations, like in LA, Latchmont Village is super cool. It's very hip, very trendy. Same in San Diego as well. Um, Del Mar is a pretty cool area of San Diego. So is that part of your brand identity also? Well, yeah, we, uh, in terms of the retail stores, it's always about, for us, we, we love the, like, boutique neighborhoods with the communities uh, type of setting. And so like you said, Larchmont Village and uh, Del Mar Village area and then the marina in San Francisco where we are on Chestnut Street. These are neighborhoods that are, you know, they're, they're, they're cool hip neighborhoods with a bunch of, you know, boutique shops and cafes and restaurants. So it's a nice place to come visit. But they are the like the downtown of like the local community. And so we have great communities that we really build relationships with. Uh, People come by and pop into the store on a daily basis to say hi, to get treats for their dog treats for their dogs. Um, You know, just, and we really develop those relationships. So we get to, you know, do cool things with like local schools and whatnot in terms of giving back. And so that's always been the setting, you know, versus a more like mall setting, uh, or something like that to where you don't really get to build these personal relationships. Um, so that's what we like for our retail settings. Very cool. So yeah, big tip, big tip there is to be in the proximity of your clients, right? Because if you're not in those cool neighborhoods and your clients have got to drive in LA, it takes an hour to get anywhere with traffic, then likelihood is you're going to miss out on some clientele. So make sure you're local, whether that's being local online or with a physical presence. I think there's real a lot of importance in that. So let's dig into the business side of things. Let's get some real value to, to the listeners. Um, let's talk about the business, because I'm sure there must have been some tough times coming in and then taking over and then growing the brand. So do you want to talk over how that process went, how you navigated through the ranks within the family on the business? 
and everything in between. Yeah. Um, you know, it was pretty, well, I mean, it had its complications, but I, I started, you know, when I started working with my dad, we, we get along really well, but when it came to business and as I started getting deeper involved and my opinions started mattering more, we, we found that we have a very, very different uh, mindset on how things should be. And so that created um, tension at times in terms of, you know, like, I think we should do this. He thinks we should do that. Uh, but ultimately, you know, just with time, I was able to, to, I guess, prove myself that I would be able to keep things going. And he felt comfortable, you know, making his exit. And uh, it was it was pretty straightforward and simple. Um, luckily, we didn't have any kind of crazy war stories with that. Um, so sometimes you hear these wild stories, so but you said it was straightforward and simple, but you also said that as you started to be more valued. So what were the steps or what did you do in the business to have your father who's been doing this a lot, long, long, long time start to value your opinion more? Because obviously I had a similar dynamic with my father, so I know how it is, but when you're spending more time in the business now and you're learning it more and then coming up with great innovative ideas that possibly the younger generation is more in tune with than the older generation. And that is what the brand is. These fresh ideas are probably more relevant. I'm generalizing, but how did you like negotiate that or kind of get around building the value and the trust with, with the family to let go? Cause that's often the hardest part, right? Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, it's the same in any business transaction, too. If, you know, when an owner, you know, sells their business to anybody, they always want, you know, oftentimes they want to make sure that who they're passing it on to is going to be able to keep it going, that it's not going to go out of business. It's not going to implode. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just ultimately, I think it just came down that he, he saw that, uh, you know, I was doing very well with a lot of like the you know, PR and uh, marketing initiatives that we were doing locally in San Francisco. And, you know, just our, the, the business was doing well and growing. Um, so just everything, everything was just, you know, moving along the right path. There was, there was a time, there was a transition because initially, you know, I started working with him and I worked with him for many years and then he kind of stepped aside. And so I was running things and, but he was still, you know, it was you know, prior to his exit, but I kind of got to, you know, to lead it and be the CEO essentially. And it finally got to the point to where, you know, with me running it, you know, again, things were going smoothly and things were going well and growing. And, uh, and you know, that was, you know, without his day-to-day involvement. So, you know, we got to the point to where he, you know, finally exited. Fantastic. So it's building up that value and trust pretty much department by department. If, it, if I'm understanding it right, you started with the sales and marketing piece. You proved that, you were doing that very well. And then one by one, you kind of took things off his plate. So where he maybe maybe had a 20 or 30 hour work week, it went down in increments from maybe down to 10, down to five. And then ultimately where he sat twiddling his thumbs thinking I could be playing golf here. I don't, I'm not needed here anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm glad you could do that because my story with my father was a little bit different. God rest his soul. But we were, too similar in certain aspects that we would butt heads yeah but the wrong traits 
and mm. then we don't necessarily take criticism very well either but because we butt heads and speak our minds we would get we were disconnected a lot of the time so well I mean, we had a similar we, we did have a similar type of thing because again like i said we often saw a lot of things differently and that but that only was an issue when we were both you know involved in operations right when we were both working in the business and so with time as he stepped back more and more and i took more and more of the lead and was you know essentially with with that being you know being you know able to do things my way and seeing that that worked he finally took his exit and you know when we're not doing business together we're great as soon as we start working together you know the bickering starts because we just we see a lot of things differently and and a lot of things it's not even that i'm right or he's right or i'm wrong or he's wrong just it's it's two different viewpoints and a lot of times both of us are right it just you know it uh it, it you know it's just you know it depends on the time and you know uh, and how did that put a strain on the rest of the family um they at that point the rest of the family wasn't really involved they were like you know through through the years like some of my siblings did their time of you know working in the store and uh being in optics but they you know everybody ended up going off on their own careers uh doing other things and so it never really um never really involved much of the rest of the family got it okay so i'm a really big technology nerd guy geek whatever you want to call it and i love it and i've been hearing all this time you know virtual reality this virtual reality that and then more recently augmented reality from from an expert in the eye care world what are your thoughts on ar um, and how it can be implemented into like something as simple as day-to-day frames that most people wear um you mean uh in, in terms of the production of frames or for like online shopping both because ultimately it, it was breaking up a little bit so i didn't i didn't um catch sorry the... yeah yeah both like it, how is ar going to change the average person's day-to-day living by having now a computer in the eye set that gives you all this additional information yeah <laughs> you know that honestly that that whole concept scares me <laughs> um but i don't know you know because it, it it they they we'll see how it goes because you know i think that they're bringing it back now with uh it's it's they're trying to bring that concept back but it kind of there's an attempt the first time with google glass right and it kind of it failed in the end um, well yeah google glass was terrible right because they didn't figure out the whole camera looking at people recording no, all the exactly, time yeah. it was bulky battery wasn't great but when apple brings out products i'm a huge apple fan and when yeah. they bring out a product it's usually a lot better straight from the off right yeah, yeah. no i mean it'll, it'll be interesting to see it just it's one of those things that personally i uh just that that whole concept scares me i, I already feel that with you know phones as it is and and whatnot people are you know social media everybody is so uh isolated now and just like in their own worlds and we're losing more and more of that social aspect and now people are walking around with like you know computers and their lenses and everything is computerized um it's just i I feel that's just gonna be another another distraction from you know people socializing with each other and and kind of that that real world concept so the whole thing i don't know you know we'll, we'll see if it if it really gets there but um i'm not a huge fan of it i guess 
Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of it. I'm just excited by technology and how it can yes. kind of take us forward. That's the side of it that I enjoy. And obviously, I wear glasses anyway, so it's a double whammy for me rather than some of these people that don't wear glasses and try and look cool by wearing glasses, which is a different level altogether. But we'll not worry too much about that. So we get, we get a lot of that in LA. Yeah, yeah, you get a lot of that. You get a lot of everything in LA, though, so <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. So let's talk about the future of the business. So you've taken it from mom and pop, kind of one location. Now you have, what, four or five locations and growing? Yeah, we're, we're at three locations right now. Yeah. And then how do you see the expansion of your business over the next five years? Um, we're, we're, we're looking to continue to expand the retail. So we're... Uh, I have a couple locations I'm exploring actively right now. So we want to, you know, I have a goal in the next five to 10 years to, you know, hopefully be at, you know, 20 stores across the U S. So we do want to expand out of California. Um, once we kind of set the, set all the spots that we want to be in here. Um, and then the bigger component that I'm even more focused on is the brand and the, you know, the, the production, the new designs, production and distribution to really, um, because that that's going to be our step to going even global and getting into international distribution. So we've had a Canadian accounts and even like we have one account in New Zealand, um, but, but you know mostly we're in the U.S. right now. And that's I think that the you know building the brand is going to be the um, to me that's what's going to like lift the whole thing and take it to the next level. Yeah, no, that that's really cool. Like that twenty goal, twenty star goal is is pretty pretty awesome I really like that when you're thinking of those goals and kind of goal setting what type of metrics or go- or numbers do you look at to kind of say 20 is achievable or 20 is a stretch and then what are you doing to motivate the team or hiring a new team to expand because I'm guessing the team that you have now is not going to be the same team that's going to get you to the 20 plus locations how do you go about building that infrastructure so you can expand uh that's the tough part <laughs> um you know no it's I, I i really try to even the way we operate now i try to have all of our operations being done as if we already have 20 stores um for for one to you know to, to be ready to more to be more ready to scale um the team we have now i think is going to be a, a core and important factor into our growth because they're i'm, I'm trying to develop leaders out of the, the current people to um as we grow we're gonna to have to obviously hire on more opticians and more uh, people in the stores at, at those locations and so we are really embracing um a lot of the uh, technology that uh you know like with you know zoom meetings now and this and that to be able to get into really managing our retail business with these virtual meetings so that we can be ready for, you know, more and more team members, you know, all over the place. Um, but in terms of metrics and, you know, that's, that's always the tough part is just calculating, you know, what it's going to cost to open up essentially at the, you know, to, to you know, find the, the right location do projections on you know how much revenue we think we can do there. Um, that's a little research on competitors, obviously, and, and whatnot. 
and then to uh, you just map it out from there. Fantastic. Yeah. So knowing your numbers, knowing the area, the demographic, building. And we get a lot of intel from, you know, having our online store and seeing what other areas, you know, most of our orders online are not in our local store areas. Most people that are local to our stores want to go into our stores. Yeah. So we're seeing where we're getting interest from online and our, our traffic online. Um, so that that's a big factor in um, looking out for where um, locations we're interested in. But then also just, you know, on the wholesale side too, we're able to to see where things are, you know, where our product is moving well. Yeah, so it's really important to, one, know your numbers and your traffic sources, whether that's an online demographic of, hey, we have a big pool of people in New York ordering our glasses or looking on our site versus we have a lot of people in LA physically going into the store. What do the cost of operating in that state, in that city look like? How much inventory do we need to have? Do we need to have a million dollars worth of frames ready to roll before we open the next store? How, what's the impact on cash flow? So there's a lot of different moving parts when we get to physical products. And then on top of that, medical as well, because then you need medical equipment to do the eye tests and all of this other additional fixed overhead that may or may not be necessary for other types of businesses. So many different factors that layer into that decision. Um, but I think you start with the targeting. I think you've got the sales and marketing down very well and dialed in. But ultimately, if there's traffic there and the demand is there, everything seems to follow from that point, right? Yeah, pretty much. Great. Okay. So, Alex, thanks for your time. Where is the best way for people to reach out to you or find the brand online? Uh, yeah. we're um, First, our website is alexanderdas.com. That's D-A-A-S.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Alexander Doss or on Twitter at Alexander Doss. Uh, you know, you can search us on Facebook too. Uh, my personal Instagram is AlexF519. And on Twitter, I'm Alex Feldman, F-E-L-D-M-A-N. And so you can always uh, reach out to me like that too. Perfect. And for everyone listening, we will put the links down here below so you can get hold of Alex uh, and go check out alexanderdas.com. Thank you so much for your time, Alex. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me.